This is Marcus Slayton, and Christina Leffering with your local news, coming to you live from the WORT studios in beautiful downtown Madison during our fall pledge drive. Please keep your call coming, and here are tonight's headlines. Vice President Kamala Harris will visit Madison next Wednesday, the latest in a series of top administration officials to visit the state as the 2024 presidential campaign heats up. Harris will accompany acting Labor Secretary Julie Sue while touting union job growth and apprenticeship programs. The White House did not provide any additional information about the trip, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This is the second trip to Wisconsin for Harris this year. She launched a nationwide tour to advance abortion access in January with a stop in Waukesha County. A political fight over diversity, equity, and inclusion programs at the University of Wisconsin system reached a major resolution today when the state legislature released $32 million it had withheld for eight months from the system's budget. Under an agreement in December between Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and UW System President Jay Rothman, the money will go toward education programs in nursing, computer science, business, and engineering. Democrats, including Representative Tip McGuire of Kenosha, accused the Republicans of holding the UW system hostage over their objection to diversity programs. But Beaver Dam Republican Mark Bourne said money spent on them was wasted, reports the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. A bill supporting health care in response to two announced hospital closures in the Chippewa Valley was signed into law Wednesday by Governor Tony Evers. But Republican lawmakers objected to line item veto changes Evers made to the $15 million package, claiming they could divert funding from critical needs in the areas the Chippewa and Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls and Eau Claire Hospital serve. The GOP lawmakers vowed to block spending from the package on anything other than the bill's original intent, which was to support emergency care, the Wisconsin State Journal reports. Evers' veto broadened the region where the money could be spent, as well as services that could be covered, such as mental health and urgent care. The bill is in response to the announcement by the Hospital Sisters Health System that it plans to close the Sacred Heart Hospital in Eau Claire and St. Joseph's Hospital in Chippewa Falls. Its, its associated physician network, Previa Care, will also close its operations in the Chippewa Valley. The outgoing executive director of the state Republican Party will take a shot at running the politically influential Wisconsin Tavern League, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports today. Mark Jefferson announced last week that he was leaving the executive director's post, which is responsible for the party's day-to-day -day operations. The head of the state party is the chairman of the executive committee. Jefferson, a longtime GOP operative, began his second stint as executive director in 2019. He privately expressed reservations about the fake electors scheme that some top party officials embarked on after Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. A, fo a former Department of Natural Resources warden is under federal investigation for killing a wolf in his backyard. The former warden claims he killed the wolf in self-defense, but Facebook correspondence suggests he laid out bait to attract the animal, reports the Wisconsin Examiner. Patrick Quaintance sits on the Wisconsin Conservation Congress, a citizens group that advises the State Natural Resources Board. 
acquaintance has been cited in the past for violating state trapping regulations. The wolf he killed had been tracked by the DNR and the Red Cliff, Cliff Ojibwe tribe in the past nine years. The Macy's department store at Madison's Hilldale Shopping Center will survive the chain's plan to close 150 of its stores, according to the Capital Times. Macy's says the closure will reduce about 25% of its store count, but will only, af but will only affect about 10% of its sales. It will offset the closure by adding about 15 upscale Bloomingdale's stores and at least 30 Blue Mercury stores. Madison Craft Brewer Carbon 4 has filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, but will keep the taps flowing, Channel 3000 reports. Carbon 4 announced the reorganization plan Wednesday. Chapter 11 allows the company to continue in business while it works to pay down its debts. The brewer is known for his fantasy factory, India Pale Ale. In, 20, in 2022, it acquired the Ale Asylum brands, Ambergeddon and Hopalicious, when that brewer went out of business. Workers at the roughly 400 Starbucks stores across the country, represented by a union, are celebrating after Starbucks and the union that represents baristas announced they are slated to begin contract negotiations this spring. The agreement to begin negotiations comes after a round of mediated talks and hundreds of lawsuits between the multinational coffee chain and Starbucks Workers United, the union representing baristas. Meanwhile, Starbucks says it will give raises and other benefits it had previously withheld. That's welcome news for the workers at local Starbucks locations on State Street and the Capitol Square alongside two other locations in Madison and Monona that filed for union elections last week. Starbucks Workers United says that it successfully unionized more stores than any other company in the 21st century, according to a press release sent last week. That rounds out to a total of about 400 Starbucks stores across 42 states. Enough ice, enough of the ice has melted on Lake Mendota that the state climatology office declared it open yesterday, one day short of the record for the earliest breakup, the Wisconsin State Journal reports. It was only the second time in 171 years of record keeping that the ice breakup occurred in February. Previously, the lake was declared less than 50% ice covered on February 27, 1998. The lake froze over this year on January 15th, the 44-day span of ice cover is the second shortest on record, surpassed only by a 21-day freeze in the winter of 2001-2002. And those were your local news headlines. We turn now to two special guests, John Klein Wilson and Nicholas Leet in the studio, who want to tell you a little something about WORT and our pledge drive. That's right. We want to tell you that it is pledge drive time. That's the time of year where we're asking listeners for their support. Like Christina said, I'm John. I'm here with Nicholas, and we are on asking you to support the programming on WORT that you like. And how do they support us? Well, how they do that is by giving us money. But the way you can give us money is by calling 608 256 2001 or going online to wortfm.org. Either one works. 
And I said, how do they support us? Um, which actually is right because us includes them as well. Um, because the, <laughs> the community Oxford radio English station, you are us. part as a listener. You are a part of the community. You're as part of the community radio station by by being part of that listener speaker relationship. It's a, good, um, it's a good relationship. It's a good relationship. Um, if you don't like this relationship right now, if you're tired of hearing this pledge drive, take a little break from listening to the radio and call 608-256-2001. We'll be back to the news soon. And so See, I you, was going to say that they could take the relationship to the next, to the next level, level. There you, you know, go. by making it financial in some respect <laughs> no it's by showing extra love for the community relationship for the community radio station it's the month they... of february it's valentine's That's day right. you well, want to like make a serious commitment to the things you love exactly and it's also leap day which is you know a different it's february holiday also... the less famous one you you could Still donate sexy, you could pledge to donate once a year on February 29th and then you'd only have to donate once every 4 there years. There you go. That's scamming the system, but it's not supporting WORT right. as efficiently. You should do once a month could. and yeah. then. We are looking for uh, folks who want to be monthly donors. It it's easy for you to set up and uh, you know have a charge go out whatever amount you want every month, but it's also good for us cuz we know how much money we have coming in. We can count on it, and we can use that money to do the radio station-y things that we need to do to keep stuff going out on the air. Yeah, and I think that's ideal. It's it's a nice little subscription service where you listen to the radio, and every month you listen to the radio, every day maybe you listen to the radio, and you provide some funds so that that radio can keep putting out quality programming. There's a large group of people that are involved in that. There's a bit of staff. There's a lot of volunteers. Um, I'm volunteering. John volunteers. Mm -hmm. Our engineer is volunteering. The radio announcers are volunteering. Um, the hosts, we call them. Um, <laughs> and you can be part of that group. You can be a part of that group by also becoming a volunteer. We're looking for... Um, I think some people to talk some of the days. Um, you can check the website for that. We are if you're interested and inter if you're interested in sharing anything, you can do access hours. You can do an hour of talking about whatever topic you want to share with the community. Um, you know what topic I want to talk about right now though is money? how we want to get. 15 listeners 15. this hour to call in or go online and uh, give their support to WORT. So call 608-256-2001, um, pledge well, your support, and then call 14 of your friends and tell them to do the same. I you could also you, go to... I don't have 14 friends, unfortunately, but... Call 14 enemies. Yeah, there you go. Call 14 strangers. Uh, you can also go to wortfm.org um, and then click the donate button. Um, there are a lot of ways to donate. There's a lot of ways to support WRT, including... Well, there's a lot of ways to support WRT, and one of the ways we're talking about now is to pledge your support, to give us your support. Um, either one-time donations, which are great, and uh, monthly... Uh, we call it evergreen donations because it's the winter pledge drive and they're nice Ooh. and green right now. Um, it's also, it's still winter. It's still winter. Yeah. It's cold out it's now. Chilly. Um, and it's nice and warm in here because we are paying for heat. 
and help us pay for that heat at 608-256-2001. Things are really heating up here in local news, and we're going to keep that going just in a second. But uh, call and make your gift at 608-256-2001, WORTFM.org. Thank you, John and Nicholas. And now, back to the news. John Nolan Drive has perhaps the most iconic view of downtown Madison. It travels along the western edge of Lake Monona and towards the state capitol building. City officials are now advancing a plan to redo the scenic drive. WRT News producer Faye Parks has the update. Yesterday, city architect and planning project manager Mike Sturm presented the Waterfront Master Plan to the Urban Design Commission. It's one stop on the plan's path through several committees before it heads to a common council vote this spring. The master plan was recommended by the Lake Monona Waterfront Ad Hoc Committee back in December. The plan itself guides long-term planning and a framework for a new downtown waterfront, even as the massive project will still require more study, public engagement, and design development before the first construction crew hits the streets. Sturm opened his presentation by explaining that this vision of the lakeshore dates back to John Nolan himself. But that vision has been on the city's back burner since the turn of the century. The city has a long history of infrastructure projects taking precedence over the public connection to the lakeshore, and the waterfront master plan is focused on correcting this imbalance. The planning area includes just under two miles of the lakeshore and about 17 acres of public green space, extending from Law Park to the north and Olin Park to the south. The plan is the product of multiple stakeholders, a city committee, a private fundraising group, and city officials. In the spring of 2022, the city's Lake Monona Waterfront Ad Hoc Committee issued a request for design proposals, and thousands of residents subsequently submitted feedback on the three finalist design proposals. During the design challenge, over 2,400 completed surveys were received. I'm not sure if this is a record for the city, but it certainly is for the Parks Division. Based on those results, the committee ultimately selected the proposal from Boston-based designers Sasaki. Sasaki also collaborated on the design of Chicago's famous Riverwalk, which opened to the public in 2016. The proposed master plan has several main parts. First, it would revitalize two of the city's parks. Olin Park would get a new walkway to highlight the existing tree canopy, with added gathering spaces like a picnic lawn and playground. And the design, Sturm says, would connect Olin Park more effectively with other landmarks. So this is the south end of the planning area, and we really see this as a hub, a connector to the greater south side of Madison and also to the Alliant Energy Center campus. On the north end of the causeway is perhaps the most ambitious design plan, Law Park. That features a waterfront amphitheater, a public beach, and a fishing pier. Sturm says it would also improve pedestrian and bike access to the city. And located just west of Law Park is the proposed Lake Lounge, with fringe wetland, a boardwalk, and an event space with room for food trucks. The causeway connects the other three elements together via raised boardwalks and a bike path. Alongside John Nolan Drive, the causeway would include overlook piers, and native plant landscaping. The intent here is to provide nodes of interest to make the pedestrian and cycling experience along the causeway a compelling one so that we are encouraging people that are downtown or from the south side of Madison and Nolan Park to walk along this stretch of shore 
and really have an opportunity to, to fully engage with the lake. John Nolan Drive sees about 48,000 vehicles every day. The waterfront redesign is expected to overlap with a second project to redo infrastructure along the causeway. That's slated to cost upwards of $30 million, is funded primarily through federal dollars, and is expected to be constructed in 2025 and 2026. At last night's meeting, members of the Urban Design Commission expressed cautious optimism at the presentation. While they referred it to the Board of Park Commissioners with a recommendation to approve, some members expressed caution on the timeline of the project. They also added a caveat that planners should pay special attention to any impact on bike commuters. The Lake Monona waterfront project still has a winding road ahead before breaking ground. The plan heads next to the Board of Park Commissioners and the Plan Commission before heading to the Common Council. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Faye Parks. And it's now 6.23 p.m. and you're listening to the live local news on WORT. We turn now to our two special guests in the studio, John Klein Wilson and Nicholas Leet, who want to tell you a little something about the WORT Pledge Drive. We want to tell you to call us at 608-256-2001 and pledge your support at whatever level you are able to. Yeah. $25, $1,000, $500, something in there. Yeah, you know, that's a good range. Whatever works for you. You can uh, call the number that Nicholas just said, or you can go to wortfm.org to make an electronic donation to keep our programming going. It's the wave of the future. It is. So um, I've heard. And we're calling you because this is a important radio program. Um And it's a community radio program, which means that there are stories about your community. Um, I'm very interested to hear about this Lakeshore project. Um, There's decisions getting made about what the waterfront will look like. There's decisions getting made about how the water, how the city in that area will develop as a whole. And because of this radio program, we're able to broaden the group of people that can be involved in those decisions now that you now you know you can go and talk to the plan commission or the board of parks commissioners about what you think should be done with the with that planning process um and i mean you maybe could have figured that out elsewhere but nope we're the only place we're the only source of that news um we're the, and we are the only source of that news for a lot of people yeah, um, I mean, we it have can stories. be a complicated process, and Faye does a great job putting these stories together. Yeah, I um, frankly don't know if that story is on any of the other, you know, local news mm-hmm. outlets. That's one of the things that we do at WORT is, you know, really focus on interesting, sometimes overlooked local news, important stuff that's, you know, going on in our community. Um, and that's probably part of why you listen to WORT. And if it is, or if you listen for any reason, you know, maybe Call consider us. calling us or going online and making a donation. Um, yeah. And so with that, um, Faye's great at putting together the story, finding people to talk to, knowing what to talk about. And what else did she need in order to make this story? Um, Those little recorders. Sound recordings? Um, and those also cost money. Um, they are great. They're, you can do recordings out in the field. Sometimes they break and you need to buy new ones. Um, though the ones we have are pretty durable. Um, we just need to 
have them. Um, so yeah, we have expenses. They aren't the largest expenses. We're not calling for a hundred donors this hour, though. That'd be great too. I mean, if you're if you're out there, call in, man. Um, we we're we're looking for you. But we're a small community radio station, and we need a small group of people to call in. Um, be one of those people. Yeah. Six zero eight two five six two thousand and one, or go to wortfm.org. And if you are one of those people that calls in or goes online and you give some sort of gift to WORT, you can receive one of several different cool little gifts, whether it's a hat or a sticker set or a lime green travel bag with a little water bottle uh, holder on there, several other pockets. That's $100. I don't know how we're giving that away. Like That looks worth $100 all on its own. Um, it's but, highlighted here. It's available only online. So I, if I told you to call to get that, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I was mistaken. Just go to wortfm.org um, forward slash donate or click on the donate button and you can, you can get whatever gift you feel like showing to the world that you support WRT. Yeah, and I mean, you'll have like a cool lime green bag or a sweatshirt or binoculars or stickers, but what you will really be showing folks out in the world is that you care, that you are a W-O-R-T listener, that you like everything that goes on our airwaves, or maybe you don't, maybe you like one thing, maybe you like local news, maybe you like jazz, I don't know. But people will know that... There's a nice noise rock station, I think, at like 11 p.m. on Sundays. Ooh, there you go. Um, yeah, call us, wrtfm.org. Don't try to call that, because that won't work on your phone. <laughs> but call 608-256-2001 and type wrtfm.org into your computer. You can try to do both pledges at once. Get yeah. two different gifts simultaneously. There you go. That's um, ambitious. Yeah, show that you're a part of the work community. Be an ad for WRT so that other people know to listen to WRT and get part of the great station that we are. Yeah, so you can call 608-256-2001 or again, wortfm.org. The time is now 6.32, and you're listening to the local news on WORT 89.9 FM right here in Madison. I'm your host, Marcus Slayton, here with Christina Leffering. Thanks for joining us and supporting the 6 p.m. local news. This week on Transparency Talk, WORT's Dylan Brogan and Open Records attorney Tom Kamenick discussed the UW refusing to release documents relating to how university the university compensates college athletes. As always, this conversation is not intended to be specific legal advice, but rather a discussion of general legal issues. Joining me now is Tom Kamenick, and we're here today to talk about uh, open government. Tom, thanks for being here. We're always here to talk about open government. Dylan, how are you doing? Really good, and uh, we have a fun topic today. Um, just interesting because it's kind of a little bit outside our normal wheelhouse, yet completely is related, and that has to do with name, image, and likeness rights of college athletes, something the University of Wisconsin and all other big universities have had to adapt to in recent years. 
So you have a case related to NIL that has made the news recently. So tell us about that. A little background here. So up until the past uh, couple of years ago, student athletes at colleges could not be compensated outside of a, a couple things like getting scholarships. Uh, but the student athletes were unpaid. Uh, that was the NCAA ruling. Uh, that's the way it was for a long, long time. But United States Supreme Court actually struck down that limitation, concluding it was an antitrust violation. And so after that, uh, student athletes could be compensated in some ways, still consistent with NCAA rules. And one of the big things that opened up was uh, so-called NIL contracts, NIL rights. That's name, image, and likeness. So if you if you uh, you, you have a, a major a college football player, you can put his name and his face on your box of Wheaties or whatever cereal you want to sell and, and pay him for that now. So that's a new thing. We have this whole new world of NIL contracts for, for college athletes. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people thought, um, you know, there's a UW basketball player. They're selling a ton of jerseys with their name on the back. They should be compensated for it. But it's also opened up kind of the wild west of this is big business, these sports. And now there's this whole new system Speaking specifically with UW, how do they pay these players and and how does this get to the part where maybe there's a public right to know about some of these things? Well, so now student athletes have to navigate this world of, of you know negotiating contracts to sell their name, images and likeness. And pretty much across the country, uh, colleges have either developed or simply brought in outside partners, third party uh, businesses to help uh, facilitate those things. So NUW, like most other places, did exactly that. They announced uh, back in, I think, late 2022 that they had signed a deal with a company called Altius Sports Partners. And Altius would be providing all these NIL services to Badger athletes. And now we get to the lawsuit because my client, he's a, he's a journalist for Sportico, makes a, a simple request and says, hey, I want to see that contract. Uh, you know, it's, it's a public contract. It's between the University of Wisconsin and a private vendor. What's it say? Well, University of Wisconsin says, no, you can't have it uh, because we don't actually keep a copy of it. Uh, we the University of Wisconsin Foundation has a copy of it. So, so what's the UW Foundation? It's actually the the organization that owns and manages UW's endowment, which is in the realm of four plus billion dollars. Uh, and they provide hundreds of millions of dollars to the university every year uh, for various uh, projects and funds and purposes. So my client, Daniel Libet, goes to UW Foundation and says, hey, I'd like to get a copy from you. UW says you have it. Well, the foundation says, nah, we're a private entity. We're not government. We don't have to turn this over. But that doesn't sound right, though. I mean, is the UW Foundation a private organization? No, it doesn't sound right. It is completely off the wall for a government agency to say, well, we're going to just house our records over at this uh, third party, have them hold on to it for us, and then we can hide it from the public. And it, the general rule is you can't do that. You cannot avoid the records law by storing your records elsewhere and claiming you don't have possession of it. And this is actually written right into the statute itself. There's a rule that says if you are if you have a contract with a, a private vendor, a private company, a private entity, those records produced under that contract between the private entity and the government are still subject to the open records law. 
and we're now we're not even talking really about like what these athletes are being paid. We just want to know what the or your client, uh, this journalist, just wants to know what the deal is between the university and this third party company that is helping them negotiate all this stuff. Yeah, we're not into student records at all here. This is the contract between the university. What is the university paying Altius to provide all these services? We have no idea. Public tax money is being spent on this. We have no idea what. Last thing I want to point out is we actually have a second theory of how to get these records. You ask the question first, is the foundation a government entity? And the answer is it very well might be because it is taking on a public role. And there is something called a quasi-governmental corporation that is subject to the records law. So even though it's you know incorporated as a separate entity and it's a registered 501c3 corporation, that doesn't end the question. There's actually a, a multi-factor test that courts use to determine whether or not an ostensibly private corporation is actually a, a government entity. And so right now, just the status of, of what's going on with your case, where are we at with that? We just filed the lawsuit. Uh, it's been served on at least the, the University of Wisconsin. I think we're working, still working on serving the UW Foundation. But once that's done, they'll those two entities will either give up and turn over the records or they'll file an answer and try to defend themselves and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, a little bit of a cliffhanger. We'll have to find out what happens next time. So thank you for explaining this. Um, really appreciate it. And yeah, I think a lot of us would like to know uh, what the UW is doing in terms of college athletics. And this is a big part of it. So thank you for this work. Remember, everybody, if you don't ask, you won't know. And we turn now to John Klein Wilson and Nicholas Leet, who want to tell you a little something about how your support makes the, no- the local news happen during our pledge drive. If you don't ask, you won't know. Exactly. And if you don't give us money, we won't have any more news. <laughs> you know, it's true. We don't work for free, except actually Some of most do. of us are all volunteers, so we do work for free. You know, I the... Uh, the open records thing is one of my favorite segments every week. So, so thanks to Dylan for uh, putting that together. I, I always thought that I could be a college athlete if I wanted to, but I decided instead to be a community radio volunteer because I really, really am passionate about asking folks for their donations to support community radio like we do here at WORT. If you want to help fulfill John's dream... Please. It'll be like the end of Rudy, maybe. Can't really remember how that ended. Um, I want to say call tragically, up, but maybe it'll be a better version then. So call six zero eight two five six two thousand and one. Get him all the pledges he ever desired, or go to wrtfm.org. That one's for me, and then so we'll do a little <laughs> like competition, see which ones we get more of. Yeah. Um. um I mean, yeah. All kidding aside, though. Uh, <laughs> I it is it is really important um, the support that we get from folks who call in or go online and make donations to support W O R T because frankly we would not be here without all of you the news whether it's open records or wetland uh, plans whatever the the previous feature was you know any local news any of the uh, noise rock we get on some late nights any of the other shows. That you know, uh, the best soul station on the planet. Yeah, on Saturday mornings, uh, followed by the the dawn, the daybreaker music. Before that, I think I'm, it's called I'm Los Madrugadores in Spanish because it's a Spanish show. Um, there's a lot of shows. Um, I can keep naming them. 
Um, I mean, if you want to, microphone's all yours. But like the point I was going to make is that none of that would be here for you if folks weren't supporting WORT. That's how we that's how we work. And so maybe you can be one of those people who supports us. It, it doesn't have to be a lot of money at all. It really doesn't. It's just whatever you're able to afford really does does help us out. Um, so if you are one of those people who likes to listen to to WORT and cares about what we do. We're looking for 15 of you during this hour, by the way. But if you are one of those folks, you can call in and make a donation at 608-256-2001 or go on the internet to wortfm.org. Become one of those, I think 70% of WRT's funds are coming from listener sponsors. Um, A little bit from underwriters. We might get some from the government. I can't remember. Um, Between but, couch cushions, you know, a little yeah. small slices from that. Mostly, mostly listener sponsors, though, and those—that's the word. You can, you are a listener. You can become a sponsor. Maybe you're already a sponsor and you want to give us more, or you want to call us. I think this is something you can do if you're already an evergreen donor. You can call us up and be like, I'm an Evergreen donor. Can I have my prize? Um, and your prize is local news. Tell them what they win. Or you can also news. get the winter fundraiser thank you gifts, which is thanking you for your support for the service that we give to you. Um, uh, there's a lot of things you can win. We've been like figuring out how this crossbody bag works. Um, it's kind of like a little purse... Uh, drawstring bag. I think you could. I kind of feel like it might be a good. You put it on underneath your clothes for your passport or something. Um, I think it would be a little bulky for that, but you do you. It'd make you look like you have a big muscle in the front of your body. Yeah. Um. Anyway, if that's you, I think that's our theme: is a weirdo for wart. Yeah. Um, if you want to look really buff, but only in a very specific, like non-existent muscle, you on can your do abdomen. a lot of very specific push-ups, or call us at six zero eight two five six two thousand and one. And I know which one of those options I would choose. I don't choose. actually know. Oh yeah, sixty-five dollars. Where are we at thirty? Um. So yeah, the way you do that is call six zero eight two five six two thousand and one. Um. Or wrtfm.org. Um. We do like providing this service i i like being a part of this service for people and if you enjoy it pay for it 608-256-2001 thanks guys and please keep your pledges coming as we go back to local news and commentary if the ice on madison lakes was weak before it's gone now ice fishing season is over but that doesn't mean we need to stop fishing. Nate Weehout and Pat Hasberg break down what's happening on this week's Fishy Business. Alrighty, I am on the line now with Pat Hasberg over at the DNS Bait Shop here in Madison. Pat, I was uh, we were, before we were recording, I was telling you I drove past the Monona Bay this morning and 
Uh, there was, I think there was one tiny patch of ice out there still, but it was uh, not connected to the shoreline. It was sort of out on, on its own. So there, there wasn't really any ice out there. And what's, what's happening with the uh, ice situation here in Madison right now? Yeah, well, that warm weather we had last week really did a number on it. And a lot of areas around town are open uh, water now. In fact, most of Lake Mendota is open except for the far eastern shorelines and i guess that pretty much goes for all the lakes around the chain i'd I'd say what ice is left out there is mostly chunks of ice that have kind of blown into most of the eastern shorelines on a lot of our lakes but that should be gone after this weekend with some more weather warm weather in the forecast so ice fishing uh, finishing up a little bit early this year but uh you you did mention to me that a couple people are starting to get out on boats so just sort of broadly what's happening in the the madison area here Well, the really unique situation we're in right now is that game fish season closes on uh, Sunday at midnight. So that's the third, I believe. Uh, Anyway, uh, closes at midnight on Sunday. And usually this time of year, folks would be packing up their ice fishing gear and and no longer chasing pike or walleye uh, because there's still ice on the lakes and and the season ends. Well, this year, uh, you can get out in your boat and actually catch or chase walleye and pike. Uh, out on open water before the season closes, which is in, in my 45 years of fishing, I, I can't remember the time that this has ever happened. So it's definitely a unique circumstance. And I think it is supposed to get a little bit nicer than it is today, this weekend here. So, hey, maybe last chance for a little while to be going out and going for some of those game fish. Uh, but what about, uh, you know, maybe the panfish? Will that still be open? That's right. Yeah, panfish uh, remains open year-round, and folks can still get out and chase uh, bass, but that season after after Sunday at midnight will go down to catch and release only until the first Saturday in May. Um, you can also chase fish like catfish and, and other rough fish, uh, you know, carp and, and that, if, if that's what you're into. So there's still plenty of great fishing opportunities around. There's always fishing to be happening around here. This is Dane County. There's there's never a lack of fishing happening around here. Uh, well, uh, just sort of very briefly, then people will have a little bit of chance this weekend. Where are where are fish biting around town? If you, if I were going out this weekend, I would be looking in shallow water. That's the water that warms up uh, first this time of year. So, and that's where the fish like to kind of congregate. They're most comfortable in that warming water. And uh, I would work small lures and and different presentations slowly uh, to attract fish because they're still a little lethargic with the water being colder. And what about the rivers? Will the game fish season close on the rivers as well? What's happening there? It doesn't. On on the rivers, uh, still you can catch and keep walleye and pike uh, through the spring. So uh, it's a great opportunity to get up there uh, on the Wisconsin and Rock Rivers. They've been getting a lot of good walleye and sauger action at all the dams up and down both those rivers. And now I want to touch on a little bit because one thing that is open right now is trout season. I I was able to get out last weekend a little bit and do some trout fishing. Uh, Not a ton of luck, but it was nice to at least get out at the very least. Uh, So what's happening with the uh, trout bite right now? Where, uh, what's going on? Well, I was also out uh, this last weekend doing a little trout chasing. And uh, while the weather was uh, pretty nice for it, I struck out basically but uh it was mostly me just knocking the rust off checking out some trout streams and you know a lot of the water on these streams is running low and clear right now i don't know if that's what you ran into but uh, i found the fish to be kind of spooky all righty pat and we're going to keep it a little bit shorter here today it is pledge drive so you know we'll be hearing from our pledge wrappers in just a moment here but just pat before we go here today do you have just any final fishing advice for the people out there 
Well, now that the ice is off the lakes, get out and enjoy the beautiful spring weather we've got. And, yeah, just enjoy the great opportunities Dane County has to offer for some fishing. And, again, it's supposed to be really nice this weekend, I believe. I believe it's supposed to almost hit 70 on Sunday, last time I heard. Uh, so, yeah, great opportunity to get out there before the uh, game fish season closes. Pat, thank you again for talking with me this week. Remember, you can hear an updated fishing report anytime you want just by calling 608-BIG-FISH. Pat, thanks again, and good luck out there. Thanks, Nate. Always a pleasure. Take care. Forward Madison travels to Indianapolis for their third preseason match of the season against USL Championship Squad Indy 11. But before that, Forward Focus sat down again with head coach Matt Glazer to discuss the team's preseason action up to now. More now from Andrew and Grant. Hello again and welcome to everyone listening to WORT online and 89.9 FM on your radio dial. This is another edition of Forward Focus, a segment devoted to any and all things Forward Madison FC, Wisconsin's only fully professional soccer team. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Peters, assistant editor for cultural and Forward Madison-themed magazine, New Dog Mazine. As always, the editor of NDZ and the producer of Forward Focus is Andrew Schmidt. When we last left you, we brought you audio from FMFC's head coach and technical director, Matt Glazer, as he spoke at the club's most recent town hall meeting at the Forward Club, located in historic Bree Stevens Field. Glazer spoke to fans about the steps and processes that were put to use in order to build this year's squad, but for this week's segment, we talked with Glazer to discuss the team's preseason slate, what he's been seeing so far, and what he and the coaching staff are looking for in the weeks ahead. So we've already mentioned that you have, you know, this game with the Fire 2 coming up February 23rd, which is Friday. After that, you've got a matchup with Indy 11 on Friday, March 1st. And then you go down to go see our good friends down in St. Louis and go play the uh, St. Louis 2 squad down on March 9th. Are you looking to switch up tactics or formation compared to last, last season for any of these games just to kind of get creative and see what can work? Or is it more of just kind of like figuring out what's the formation that's you're going to use for the season moving forward. Yeah, no, we, I mean, it's the same kind of approach I've had uh, since last year. And that's, we kind of have our, our base kind of structure of, of what we, what we want to look like most of the time when we attack and most of the time when we defend um, that's based on the qualities that I think our personnel have. And that's based on, um, the teams, the way that most of the teams in our league play. Um, that being said, we're, we're always, I always tell the guys we, we just met on it today, like I'm always going to be ready to adapt. And so part of what we do and part of what we'll do um, over the next few weeks is throw them in some different situations. We'll prepare for it in training. And, and um, but yeah, there might be a tactical adjustment, um, a shape change. Um, that's a big part of the adaptability component which is one of our core beliefs and um, guys have to be okay with that. They have to be um, brave to, to try things, to, to be able to change things and not be, not be scared of that um, and, and just be, be proactive and adaptable and brave. 
Hear more from Matt on the Flamingos preseason on episode 44 of NDZ Live. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ford Madison FC is back in action tomorrow as they continue their 2024 preseason slate with a trip over to Indianapolis to take on USL Championship Squad Indy 11 at 1 p.m. Doors are closed to the public, but we'll have a recap of that and action against MLS Next Pro Squads, Chicago Fire 2, and St. Louis City 2 in our next segment on March 15th. But that'll do it for this week. As always, we hope that you'll join us again as Andrew and I continue to keep you up to date on all the news, updates, and stories coming out of Bree Stevens Field as Forward Madison gets set for the 2024 campaign. For WORT, this has been Forward Focus. It's a question of priorities and question of time, time frame, let's say. It's now 6.54 p.m. and you're listening to Handcrafted Local News on WORT. Our guests this evening, John Klein-Wilson and Nicholas Leet, have one last word this evening and hopefully some people to thank. What's the word, John and Nick? Well, the word is that we got some pledges and we want more, so folks out there could could be more Beldings. But we do want to share before we go a couple of pledges, donations that we've gotten in from folks. I don't remember, Nicholas, if you said that you were on Team Website and I was the phone or the other, but we got one of each. So, um, so we're tied. Tiebreaker. We aren't leaving until we break this tie. Yeah, it's true. We'll just go all night asking you to You won't get to hear any of the next program. Nope. Um, so uh, to share some little bit of info from the folks who have generously given donations to support Wart, we got Pat from Deerfield. Thank you so much, Pat. Um, Pat says that he likes news, democracy now, musica antiqua, too much to know, uh, likes local news. Um, so thank you so much, Pat, and thank you for being on Team John. And on Team Nicholas, we have Marty, um, who's from King of Prussia, but just moved here from there. Um, I think it's a Philly suburb um, because she is a lifetime weirdo, just moved here from Philly and is happy to learn. Nope. Happy to be able to listen and support this unique station. So thank you, Marty. Um, In the spirit of sportsmanship, I'll thank Pat as well. Um, That's very, very big of you. If you'd like to... Help me win or help WRT continue to prosper. Call 608-256-2001. Oh, that was nice of you. Oh, no. Phone number. I, I'll give I just you did the, an uh, own goal. Yep. <laughs> Football reference. <laughs> there you go. The uh, like the like the flamingos. Like yeah, just yeah. There you go. Soccer, we call it. All right. Yep. That's yes, we do. Uh, well, if I'm gonna own goal myself here as well, and tell you folks out there that to make a donation to support W O R T, you can go to W O R T F M dot org. What should you do there? You should uh, click on the donate button and follow the prompts. Enter your info, whatever it asks you to do, to uh, make the donation to support our programming. You know, whatever Thanks. whatever amount uh, you you feel like giving. You can give a, an amount now, or you can also give schedule it to give us an amount regularly, so yeah, that every month. Um, 
give us, you know, I think there's a $25 minimum for that because there's a little fee associated I, with. I don't, don't really know. know. You'll find out on the internet. Um, but that they is quite helpful anything. to us. They do, and we didn't prepare. <laughs> That's um, true. We but you can prepare each other to triumph in, in the phone versus yeah. internet uh, money uh, solicitation to support community exactly. radio game that we're playing. And you, you could prepare. Can help us. You could prepare for being part of your community, for being an active part of city government, foot soccer supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we learn about this? Mus- music fan. You music fan. You can hear local music. You can hear local people who will find you music that you can't hear on any other station. It's true. Um, call 608-256-2001 or go to wrtfm.org to show your support. Yeah, but use the phone so I win. Yes. Or no. Call to, go to <laughs> wrtfm.org. And thanks for supporting WORT's live local news at 6. Russ Mackey wrote your headlines tonight. Special thanks to feature contributors Dylan Brogan and Tom Kamenick, Nate Wiggyhout and Pat Hansberg, and the Ford Focus crew. Engineer Nicole Alley got the news on the air. Faye Parks produced this newscast. And Miss Sholly Pittman is the news director here at WORT. Thank you guys for pledging and listening. I'm your host, Marcus Slayton. And I'm Christina Leffering. Thank you to John Klein-Wilson and Nicholas Leet for helping with WORT's Winter Pledge Drive. Up next is the Perpetual Notion Machine. Good night.